It's time for the Plan with Dan podcast, the show that will help you discover and achieve your true purpose for money and make you a more confident investor. We'll talk about sane and intelligent approaches to financial planning. Now, let's Plan with Dan. This is the Plan with Dan podcast. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Dan Betzel, the founder of Betzel Wealth Advisors here in the greater Columbus area. And we've got a great podcast on tap for you today. We're going to be talking about fear, greed, the dangerous emotions that we face in investing. And Dan, we should all remember the fear that we had when the market was tanking and crashing back in 2007, 2008 timeframe. Although I think many people have forgotten what it was like to be you know, alive during those times and have a portfolio that was being, you know, sliced in half every single day, it seemed like. Because now we're at the other end of the spectrum. We're watching our portfolios seemingly double every couple of days. I know I'm being a little bit uh, hyperbole here, but, you know, we've been on an incredible stock market streak for the last several months. And now people have flipped from sort of experiencing that fear to probably having a lot of thoughts of greed. And I know that you really enjoy kind of diving into these dangerous emotions in investing because both of those emotions can lead us to make some pretty bad decisions if we're not careful, but they can also both be valuable resources, maybe the fear a little bit more than the greed. We have those emotions for a reason to begin with. As human beings, we all have these and there's a tool and there's a reason that they're in place. So how can we kind of reconcile all these different emotions that we feel as we also try to be smart investors? What's your perspective on this? Um, you know, that's a really great set of questions, Walter, that you just, you know, put forth. And, um, you know, I've, I've always been interested in behavioral finance. It's very, very interesting. Uh, you know, I think sometimes people go into uh, financial planning because they love numbers. And you have to like numbers, of course, you know, to be in financial planning. And other people go into financial planning because they just really like people and find people fascinating. And that's probably maybe a better description of me. And I really love working with people. But I've just been thinking as, as the quarter comes to an end, you know, we're starting the new year. I've just been really um, thinking about how the uh, emotions that I'm hearing from clients and meetings – how they're just so radically different than they were in 2008. You know, as you said, in 2008, there was a lot of fear and people thought, well, the situation that we were in at that time was never going to change. And so it caused people to take some, I think, um, less than prudent financial decisions to make some less than prudent financial decisions. They suddenly became very conservative. You know, they wanted to hunker down. And as you said, you know, it's kind of a natural response. You know, when you're being, uh, when the market's being clobbered, you want to get yourself in a defensive position. So a lot of people went to cash. A lot of people, you know, bought into fixed, uh, fixed annuities. Um, and now in, I've seen the, almost the exact opposite happening. So I have someone that may, maybe, for example, is in a balanced portfolio, 50% in the fixed market, you know, 30% in U.S. equity, 20% in international equity. You know, we're chugging along, getting a nice 8.5%, 9% annualized rate of return. And they're sad because they've seen the market, you know, skyrocket in the last couple years. And they're like, have some like remorse that they weren't in a more aggressive, you know, position. And so they come and talk to me and they say, you know, I really want to be, take a more aggressive position. And they're doing it, you know, because of the response of what the market's doing. And, uh, it sometimes is, I love meeting with people and, and getting them to, you know, to reground themselves and to see what that really means. Because the worst thing you can do is at a market all time high is to suddenly become very, very aggressive. 
So that's kind of the, the genesis of what I want to talk about today. All right. So dive in a little bit further. This this collision of fear and greed and these different emotions that we have when it comes to financial and retirement planning. On one hand, they keep us from accomplishing goals, and on others, they keep us from maybe making mistakes in the case of in the case of fear. But kind of you know the extremes of both of these things can be very bad. You know, absolutely. And I think it all goes back to say the original set of meetings that you have with a financial advisor and why maybe sometimes it's very, very, very important and sometimes can be frustrating for potential clients that you take the time to really understand, educate yourself and to really understand, you know, how your portfolio that 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 you're proposing, how it's going to be designed and maintained. And I, I think of this story, I, I think I may have told this story before, but, you know, I was sitting on, you know, a Boeing 747-400, you know, the, the mammoth airplane planes at Kennedy Airport and we're taxiing very slowly waiting for our turn to take off and the pilot comes on and he says you know we are getting ready to fly halfway around the world and it's not if we run into weather bad weather it's a matter of when and sometimes when we run into bad weather people get concerned he said but I want you to know that the airplane this Boeing 747, this marvelous, you know, uh, this marvelous invention of modern technology, you know, it is designed to weather those storms. And by the way, you know, I fly this route two or three times a week, and so I'm not going to be ruffled by it. But when we do get into the rough, uh, rough air, the rough weather, uh, I'll ask you to sit in your seats and put your seatbelt on, and that's what you know you need to do at the time, and uh, and we will fly through the weather. So to me, it's it's just like your portfolio. If your portfolio, you know, has been properly designed for all of these future contingent events that not only potentially but that will take place, you can rest assured that your portfolio, you know, is properly designed, being properly maintained, and you don't need to react, you know, to temporary, you know, geopolitical or, or economic news. And if your portfolio does have to respond because, you know, a certain sector is up or a certain sector is down, then I would suggest that your portfolio was never designed properly in the first place. All helpful, I think, uh, perspectives to kind of view this debate and this collision of different emotions. And yeah, it all starts at the beginning. But what if you don't get it right in the first place? Are, are you just kind of always left playing catch up? And do your emotions then play a, a bigger role or have bigger influence over your ability to make the right decisions? Well, no, I, I think these emotions are, you know, innate in, and they're very, I said, they're very, very powerful. And they're the result when properly managed or harnessed. I think they're the result of you know much of the uh, advancement that happens in you know in the modern world. I mean, we all want to better ourselves, and we all need to protect ourselves. You know, there's a quote that you know any virtue carried to an extreme can become a vice. So you know, fear you could say uh, uh, a radical extension of being very you know prudent or, or cautious or frugal. You know, just don't let it drop into fear and wanting to do better is another, you know, wonderful, uh, I think, emotion or a wonderful state of mind to have to, you know, constantly improve yourself and improve your situation. Just don't let it fall, in, fall into greed. And then I think you have to be aware that, that when we're in the middle of a situation, where we're in the middle of 2008, we think it's never going to get any better. And so we make decisions based on that, you know, fallacy in our thinking. Or it's 2017 and we think it's going to go up forever 
and we begin to take more risk and and not to realize that you know there's the ebb and the flow the circular uh, notion of of life and the market cycles and they will continue to happen and we need to use our our intelligence, our prudence, and our emotion, you know, both our prudence and our desire to get ahead to harness those market forces and, and to use them for our best benefit. So if your portfolio, you know, is properly designed and it's being properly maintained, then you should be able to sit back, like on that long plane ride I was talking about, with confidence, you know, that when there is rough weather going on outside, that the, the plane or your portfolio is going to fly through that. And, you know, land you hopefully very safely uh, and comfortably at your destination. All helpful information, I think, to to look at it this way and kind of talk about it at this 30,000-foot level, Dan. But let me maybe hit you with, a, you know, kind of a, a real-life example of, of how these emotions play into the equation. Now, I realize I'm younger, and so the perspective of maybe somebody who's reaching retirement might be a little bit different than, than mine. But I'm thinking back to 2008. And what happened to the stock market? And even though I wasn't, you know, getting ready to retire anywhere near it at that point, you know, I still felt the impact of of that fear, right? I still felt how that was. I still remember, even though my, you know, stock portfolio as I was graduating college, you know, wasn't, you know, enormous at yeah. that point in time, right? I still remember seeing what, what I did have, how that was impacted. But I also feel the amazing impact of the last couple of years, seeing just the power of growth that's been in the market. And then you look at things like Bitcoin that you know have gone from a penny and, wow, I could have invested in that. And now it's $14,000 value for a Bitcoin. I mean, it's just an incredible explosion of growth. <laughs> yeah. And I know that's another right. conversation for another day. But you know, so I look at these things and as an individual on a more personal level, I'm saying, all right, let me learn from my past past emotions. I was really fearful. Now I've gotten really greedy. Maybe I can reverse that. What if I sell everything now, wait for the next big crash, and then I get greedy when it's hit the bottom and I, and I jump in? Sort of the, you know, that would actually be good because I'd be selling high and buying low if I wait for those things to happen. But now I know I'm breaking this tenant of, you know, trying to time the market. So I feel like I'm at odds here. I'm trying to keep my emotions under control and you know, uh, follow this principle of buying low, selling high, but I also feel like I'm breaking the rules of you know, maybe timing the market. So that's sort of like my individual viewpoint of you know, trying to figure out how I can take advantage of my emotions and take advantage of the economic climate right now. How do you reconcile you know, kind of all of that on a more personal level with someone? Yeah, it's actually a really great question, and um, it has to do with how your portfolio is being managed. It's not like you can just you know, set your portfolio up and walk away from it. So you mentioned about you know wanting to take advantage of you know the market fluctuations, you know the market forces work for you. Now the the issue with what you were suggesting, of course, is you have to be right twice. You have to know exactly when to get out of the market and when to get back in, and that's you know mm -hmm. very very difficult, near impossible, and it's nothing more than you know um, kind of you know chance. But a well balanced portfolio that truly is diversified and has 19 distinct asset categories. Let's think of it this way. Let's think that you have a, a portion of your portfolio that's in fixed income or bonds, say 50%, we'll make it simple. And you have 50% that is in various equities. Now, let's say we do have some economic headwinds, you know, and the market is getting, you know, clobbered, which it happens periodically, right? It will happen again. 
Let's say that the 50% of your portfolio that's in stocks, let's say it's down 20%, right? But what's going to happen to the fixed portion of your portfolio? When stocks sag, what do bonds do, right? They're going to soar. So if your portfolio is being professionally and prudently managed and your goal is 50% in the fixed, 50% in the equity, now you have 70% in the fixed and 30% in equity, what is a prudent person going to do? They're going to sell the bonds, 20% of the bonds off and bring it back to target at 50 and they're going to use those funds to buy equities that are now on sale. So we're doing, in a sense, what you want to do to, to manage your emotions, but we're going to be selling high, selling the bonds off high, and we're going to be purchasing low. It's actually one of the tenets you know, of prudent investing. Have a well-diversified portfolio, rebalance periodically, and keep doing that until you reach your uh, investment goals. So that's how we handle that, right? Before we find ourselves in the situation, we have discussed and come up with an investment policy that's going to direct how we're all going to react when we're in up markets and down markets. So that's a great question you asked. Well, thank you, Dan. And uh, it's helpful to get that kind of answer. I I guess the last thing I've got for you is given the economic climate that we're in, and how they say basically in you know in years like 2008 everybody lost money there was there was no way to be you know safe during that time and then in times like right now you know you could throw a, a dart at a dartboard with stock symbols on it and you'll pick a winner you know and i think they actually talked about they had a monkey picking stocks i forget which you know which run up in the stock if this was pre 2008 or post 2008 i think it was pre 2008 you it know was, yes. they they had like the monkey picking stocks and they you know made huge percentages of of that. So how can you say, oh, I have a successful plan. I have the right plan for me when we just sort of seem to be water molecules just rising and falling with the wave. There's nothing we can really do independently (laughs) that says, oh, I've got a great plan here. I'm just kind of along for the ride overall. So does it really matter what my plan, you know, really has in it? How can I really evaluate if I've got a a quote-unquote good plan. I know that's very simple, but but how can you evaluate that? No, it's actually one of the 20 must-answer questions that I think everybody has to ask themselves and have to ask their portfolio. The, you know, the question is, how do I know if my portfolio is working? Well, you know, what most people do, and it's, I understand this totally, it's human nature, they get their uh, quarterly statement, they rip it open, and they look at the number, and if the number's up, the portfolio's working. If the number's down, the portfolio's not working. But that's really not, you know, how, how you can determine it. I mean, Every portfolio that's following, you know, the evidence-based, you know, prudent investing rules of, you know, the Markowitz efficient frontier and the the modern portfolio hypothesis and the three-factor model, you know, things that we talk about all the time, in, you know, in my office, we can dial in, you know, the amount of return and risk over time, you know, that a client is going to get. And so every portfolio, when it's designed, has an annualized rate of return or what we would expect the rate of return to be over time. But that's not a linear. So if if you're expecting 8% rate of return, you're not going to get 8, 8, 8, 8 every year. That's not going to happen. It's not the way life works, right? The market is dynamic. It's like the market is kind of like alive, like us. We breathe in, we breathe out. The market goes up, the market goes down. But every portfolio has what we call like an upper and a lower confidence level. So you think of like the wings on an airplane. For that plane to fly, do those wings have to uh, move, you know, in the air? They do, right? They move up and they move down. You know, they, they have to vibrate a little. And so does your portfolio. Now, the amount 
of vibration or the amount of fluctuation, the amount of volatility, the amount of up and down in your portfolio, we can measure that scientifically, you know, based on what kind of portfolio you want. And we can make sure that your portfolio is operating, you know, within that upper and lower, you know, volatility limits. So that's how you tell if your portfolio is working. And over time, you are going to get that annualized rate of return that hopefully that you're, you know, you're anticipating. Does that make sense? It does. It does. I I know it can be kind of confusing when we talk about it, maybe on a very large scale, but it does get more and more helpful when you kind of just take a step back, analyze your personal situation, think about your personal goals and, and kind of this freedom that you get that you can kind of separate everything from the rest of you know, the swirling economic winds out there, that there are ways you can gain a little bit more control over your situation with the proper planning. But you can't just kind of snap your fingers and make it happen. You've got to kind of make sure that you have it, have everything appointed as it should be for you. And that's why you do customized planning for everybody, Dan. It's not a not just, a, you know, some cookie cutter plan that everybody gets when they walk in through the door. No, ab- absolutely. And part of the struggle, you know, is to turn off what I call the investment pornography. You know, I mean, the, the babbling that you hear on TV they're not trying to uh, they're trying to awaken either the fear or the greed in us they're not really trying to help you on your path toward you know a journey toward financial peace of mind so take control of those things you can take control over and um, have faith that you're doing the best that you can do and if at all possible you know turn off the talking heads you know who are going to try to get you to stay either in the fear or the greed mode great point well here you go if you want to get assistance with your financial plan, whether it be talking about retirement or just your financial future in general. Dan can help you control or at least put those emotions into perspective, that collision of fear and greed that kind of happens in our lives every single day and you know over the course of long periods of time as well as we try to make the right decisions. Dan can help kind of put all that in perspective and guide you through that planning process. 614-472-4510 is your number to call to get in touch. That's 614-472-4510. You can find Dan online at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com or order your Retirement Rescue Toolkit. Dan packs the toolkit full of great resources for you to learn more about the financial world and some of the important things that you need to be thinking about getting ready for retirement and beyond. Uh, That's the Retirement Rescue Toolkit. You can order that from the podcast by just looking in the description of today's show and clicking on the link, or you can go to the website or give Dan's office a call, the number I gave you moments to go and get in touch that way as well. Dan, thanks so much for your help as always on this topic. I know it's kind of a, a nebulous and, and tough way to look at emotions like that, but it's always helpful to take those things into account. And we'll look forward to talking to you again next time around. Thank you, Walter. That's Dan Betzel, and I'm Walter Stroll. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time on the Plan with Dan podcast. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Betzel Wealth Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio.